when I applied to graduate school at the U, they didn't accidentally admit me. Well, like, like they did, but different story. Hi there, my name is Natalie Nation and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Today's topic is going to be centered around imposter syndrome and trusting your skills as a healthcare student. Before we begin, if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, definitely go ahead and leave me a five-star rating, review, and subscribe if you're able. Definitely, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave me a thumbs up, subscribe to my channel, and shoot me a comment down below. Let me know what you think of this episode. Also, go follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation. Imposter syndrome is something that's so interesting to me because before a couple of years ago, I didn't have those words to be able to describe how I was feeling when I felt like I had somehow tricked the people around me into thinking that I was much smarter and much capable than I felt. It's cool having the words imposter syndrome to be able to describe that and also to be able to connect to other people who are feeling the same way because a lot of times it is truly only just a fear because we are capable and smart. And in a healthcare setting, I feel like it's especially scary to feel like you've gotten to where you are by accident or you've somehow made a mistake and your name ended up on some kind of list and everyone around you knows what they're doing except for you. And with that fear of feeling like you've somehow tricked the people around you into thinking that you're more capable than you are, there's also that kind of corresponding shame of if they find out if I make a mistake, then they're going to think I'm bad or they're going to think I'm stupid. And there's really no shame in making mistakes, first of all, but I think addressing this fear of inadequacy is such a hard thing to do as healthcare students because, and I'm definitely stereotyping here, but so many healthcare students that I know, no matter if they're nursing students, medical students, dietetic students, we're all very much like, we want to know exactly what we're supposed to do. We want to be able to do everything right. We want to get it right the first time. We want to never forget anything, never make a mistake. We want to be technically proficient. All of these, like wanting to be proficient, wanting to do your best, wanting to be excellent. There's nothing wrong with that. I think striving towards excellence is part of what is going to make our generation of healthcare providers really amazing. But I think also the more that we learn about healthcare and interprofessional education and thinking outside of just patient A needs procedure B, we have all these other components that make up what we now consider to be an excellent healthcare provider. And so much of that comes from not only being technically proficient in procedures, assessments, evaluations, education, providing care in a technical sense, but also having a warm, kind bedside manner, being compassionate, being empathetic, being understanding, having deeper understandings of cultural backgrounds, socioeconomic statuses, and like truly taking the time to get to know our patients, which all of these things, technical skills and compassion and empathy and coming into patient encounters with wisdom and humility, that is such a huge part of creating an excellent healthcare experience. But we also have to remember as students, there's only so much that we can learn in the classroom. And more than that, there's only so much 
in the classroom that is expected of us because we are students and we are learning. And I think there's a lot of pressure early on in healthcare student situations and classroom settings and clinicals and internships where we're being taught and precepted and we're shadowing and we're learning and we're asking questions, but there still seems to be this pressure to get it right and to get it perfect and this pressure to not be able to make mistakes which is really hard and there's a lot of anxiety around that topic of making mistakes because when you're a student mistakes are expected and encouraged and welcomed because more often than not my biggest learning experiences have been from when i've made mistakes but i think in healthcare there's that extra pressure of if i make a mistake now as a student will i make the mistake in the real world when it's a real patient and a real medical condition and that Again, huge anxiety and a lot of conversations that I hope are going to open up around this topic. Again, we have to remember that as healthcare students, we have so many expectations placed on us, but the one expectation that I feel like we all try to ignore is the fact that we are students and we can make mistakes and that we do not have to be perfect, but then also there's only so much experience with being compassionate and empathetic and knowing all the right things to say and when to say them and being able to read your patient's body language to tell if they understand what you're saying and all of this wisdom comes with time and that's something that we just don't have yet as students it comes with time and experience and it's not to say that a dietitian who's been working in the field for 40 years is going to be better at me, a student, at every single thing. But it is saying that I, as a student, am not expected to have the same level of proficiency and excellence at every single thing that someone who's been working in the field for 40 years would have. And if that expectation isn't being placed on me by my program director or my professors or my preceptors, then how can I start to lift that expectation that I've placed on my own shoulders? And that's a truly challenging topic to be able to be kind to ourselves and forgive ourselves for making mistakes and to be okay with making our own mistakes. And I think it's very easy to compare ourselves to the people around us. And I know that I feel like I talk about this in every episode, but my cohort of classmates, my fellow MPH student dietetic interns, I love them all so much. And I look at them in awe when we're all working on things together because they are so talented and capable. And I could easily watch one of them perform a skill and name 8 million things that they do right and obviously find critiques if needed, but when I do the same skill, it feels like all I see are the things I do wrong. And then of course builds up the, well, I did this wrong. Did they notice that I did this wrong? What if they notice that I'm not as smart as they are? Are they gonna judge me? And all of these like, again, cyclical things that come with the imposter syndrome and the anxiety and the fears around making mistakes. And something that's really helped me to be able to be kinder to myself and be more objective in my evaluation of my abilities is realizing how hard I am on myself. Because even that, just that realization helps because I am my own worst critic. You are likely your own worst critic. Something else that's really helped me is to truly, truly pay attention to the evaluations that I receive from my program director or any feedback that I receive from the people I work with and to truly like actually read the words of what they're saying and start to put together this puzzle of what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what do I think are my strengths and weaknesses, what do the people who are evaluating me think are my strengths and weaknesses and start to like piece these two things together. 
it's a really humbling experience because there are some things that I'll go into an encounter or an experience thinking, wow, I'm really good at this, I feel very confident in it, and then I'll walk out and realize maybe that didn't go as well as I thought. Maybe I'm not as good at that as I thought. But then on the flip side, there are so many times when I will come out of an experience with a patient or a simulation where I'll be like, wow, that went so, so terribly. I made so many mistakes, that was so bad. And then I will hear feedback from the people evaluating me and they will have almost nothing to say but praise. That is so, <laughs> it's a very surreal experience, but I think having those experiences and then taking the time to evaluate, well, what do I think I did wrong? What do I think I did right? And what are the people evaluating me who generally have more experience than I do in that topic? What are they saying about my skills? And I will show you just a small example of, I was doing a patient simulation, a virtual patient simulation the other day. The University of Minnesota is so cool and has an entire like simulation lab with medical actors who are trained to act as patients. They're trained to follow a certain script. They're basically given a medical profile and a name and a condition. And then we as students get to go into patient encounters and I've done simulations where I'm an outpatient dietitian counseling a newly diagnosed type 2 diabetic. Or I have done an inpatient simulation where I'm walking into talk to someone about a heart-healthy diet because they just had a heart attack. These are all such fun experiences and they're incredibly nerve-wracking in the moment, but I have gained a lot of confidence through having these experiences, getting the chance to practice my technical skills and my compassion, empathy, humility with these medical actors in a more safe environment. And what I mean by safe is it just feels like it's lower stakes because if I make a mistake or say the wrong thing, this isn't a real patient I'm working with, so it feels as though I am safe to make mistakes, which as a student, I'm always safe to make mistakes, but having, <laughs> having not a real patient there definitely helps that as well. I'll play a little clip for you guys. A couple of weeks ago, I did a virtual inpatient simulation with a patient whose profile had them recently having a heart attack, they're in the hospital, and I'm going to be talking to them about a heart-healthy diet. There are, like, every food has different nutrients, so there are some benefits to coconut oil, but when we're talking about a heart-healthy diet, the saturated fat is something we're more concerned about. Okay. I can switch back then. Mm -hmm. There's, um... Let me collect my thoughts for a second. So when you were telling me about your typical diet in a day, you mentioned that you like... There was a moment in our interaction, which was about 17 minutes long, where I lost my train of thought while transitioning from talking to her about what she would typically eat and going into the education piece that I had planned, and I completely lost my train of thought, and in the moment it felt like five minutes that I just sat there trying to figure out what to say. And I was like really like embarrassed and freaked out about it. And I was so hard on myself afterwards, like, gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. Gosh, why didn't I just know what to say? When I watched the interaction back in a video, I realized, wow, I only paused for like 
two seconds. And the way I addressed to the patient that I was thinking, I said something along the lines of, just taking a moment to gather my thoughts. And two seconds later, I gathered my thoughts and started speaking again, and I sounded completely capable. And my program director who gave me feedback and one of my peers who gave me feedback, they didn't even mention me pausing at all, even though I had fixated so much on that little mistake. So I hope that you as a healthcare student, or if you're another student in a non-healthcare program and you've made it this far, congratulations. But I hope that you, if you are in a situation where your technical skills are being evaluated and you're feeling overwhelmed and the imposter syndrome and the fear and shame are sinking in, I hope you have experiences to receive constructive feedback in a safe environment like a classroom or from people who can objectively evaluate your skills and tell you here is what you did well at, here is what you can improve on. Because for me, that's really been a game changer in terms of becoming much more self-aware about what I truly am capable of and what I will be capable of after continuing to work on it and continuing to grow and build those skills. I think another huge piece of overcoming imposter syndrome is to talk to your classmates and your cohort about it. And I admire my classmates so much and I think that they're all so talented and I've learned so much from working with my classmates because we all have different strengths in different areas and I think being able to say out loud to classmates that you feel safe with and that you trust that I'm feeling really unsure about this I'm feeling like I'm really not very good at this and chances are they're feeling the same way chances are you are not the only person feeling that fear and that anxiety of imposter syndrome so I would encourage you to confide in your classmates and to find strength in the fact that you are all in this same boat together and that none of you guys are there by accident. Because that's the other funny thing about this is we keep thinking we've tricked people into thinking that we're so much more capable than we are and somehow we've this mistakes have been made to get us to where we've ended up. But let's think logically for a second. I'm in a master's of public health program and a dietetic internship. I didn't get here by accident. Back in undergrad, I didn't accidentally decide to major in dietetics. I didn't accidentally pass my classes with good grades. I didn't accidentally apply to graduate school. I didn't, well, I kind of accidentally got in, but that's, that's not the point. Video below, go watch. But <laughs> I like, I wasn't accidentally accepted to a program. Like this was all very intentional. And on the flip side of that, like, the people on the admissions team at St. Kate's, my undergrad, they didn't accidentally admit me to college. Applying for the dietetics program at St. Kate's, like they didn't accidentally allow me to major in dietetics. The professors evaluating me in the nutrition courses I took didn't accidentally give me good grades. When I applied to graduate school at the U, they didn't accidentally admit me. Well, like they did, but different story, but like they didn't accidentally admit me to a program that I was not a good fit for. So on both sides, like, there is no way that I got here by mistake, and there's no way that I'm here on accident. And saying that out loud, saying it to myself, like, I am here on purpose, I am here for a reason, I am here because I am capable, has really helped me to really be able to believe that. And that's pretty awesome. So if you're feeling like you're in the wrong place, you're feeling like you're not capable, think about all of the intentional steps that you've taken to get where you are. If you're in medical school, you did not get into medical school on accident. If you're in a social work program, you are not kicking social work's butt on accident, are you? If you're applying to PT school, you're not just accidentally applying to PT school. 
take confidence in the fact that you are where you are because of choices you made. You did this intentionally. And on the flip side, the people who admitted you to your programs, the professors in your classes that are evaluating you, they're not doing that accidentally. Everything's happening on purpose. And that's pretty cool. Thank you for watching. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Feed That Nation. If you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment below and let me know, do you experience imposter syndrome? How are you working to overcome that in your own life? If you're listening on a podcast platform, definitely go ahead and subscribe and leave me a five-star review or rating if you're able. Definitely go follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation. Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon.